The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. It's a brand new year. How's it going, everyone? This is Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday and Fry Freelance wishing you a happy new year in case I haven't wished it to you already. But we're three days in into 2019 and we sincerely hope that you enjoyed your holiday stretch. I know for me it was uh, it was too short and too long at the same time. In fact, there was one point where I thought about cutting a pod to talk about just kind of where I missed it this holiday season. I, I, I'm leaving Christmas on kind of a bittersweet note because yes, it was it was good. It was great to begin to live through my kids and being able to surprise them. I know my oldest, Caden, he's turning three next week. He is starting to kind of get the hang of what Christmas was all about. And so this was the first Christmas where I really looked forward to his response. Uh, so that's a pro. On the con side, I just feel like I didn't give as much as I wanted to give. I knew my parameters within my own family, but outside of that, I just feel like I could have sacrificed more. There was an outing, there was a uh, an outreach event called uh, the Manger in my hometown here in Nashville that uh, it really was uh, evangelism based. You know, there's a lot of operations like Operation Christmas Child where a lot of shoe boxes full of toys are being filled, and there's a lot of indirect evangelism. But this was like more of a direct evangelism type thing where you have the potential to and the opportunity to lead people to Jesus. Um, people who are there, they're there for a reason. They're not there by mistake, and so it's uh, at least that's the best way I can frame it. So I, I wanted to do that, but something came up in the schedule and there were just times where I just felt really overwhelmed by my to-do list and just so much just felt like a formality, even though giving to family is, is good and having a having structure and, you know, it's all great, but sometimes the joy of Christmas gets a little snuffed out by family jogging for position you know you're gonna be over here at this time when are you gonna come over to our side and and hang out like there's a lot of jogging back and forth that happens and that's no disrespect to my family I think it's good to hit up you know all your if you can you know hang out with as much fam as possible that's the whole point of the holidays or at least one of the big ones remembering Jesus of course reflecting on him uh, the cross and the manger together I mean that's uh that's really what the season's all about so uh, I don't know what the solve is, and I know this is kind of this is not related to what I want to talk about tonight. But just know that I'm thinking about I'm looking ahead to next Christmas and begin to think uh, how do I want to simplify it. In fact, that might be the series that I initiate this November. Just Christmas simplified. How do we soak in the Advent season? Um, I wasn't so exposed to it because a lot of December I was just helping out in different avenues in my church on Sunday mornings, and I just felt kind of a disconnect from the true reason for the season. I knew it conceptually. I know I even alluded to it in my last pod, but I just felt attached from it. And I just felt very dissatisfied. So maybe some of you feel that same way. If so, I, I want to circle back to this topic. But for now, we're in a new year and this is the first pod I'm cutting in 2019. This is kind of exciting. And the word, the theme, the message tonight is intentionality. 
and I'm really burning about this tonight. Like this is hot off the press. I didn't write anything. This is all kind of just flowing from the heart. And it's just, like I said, it's certified fresh. Um, intentionality. It's a word that is thrown out a lot this time of year. A lot of people making their resolutions. I'm big on the word risk illusion because I want my resolutions to carry uh, holy courage with it. It's a word that's thrown out a lot, but we lose sight what it's all about. I think a lot of us forget what it really means. We put it out there uh, in ca- you know casually in conversation, but we lock it up in vague terms. It's like we inadvertently confine and restrict it, which defeats the purpose in part of intentionality. So we got to be intentional in how we use the word intentionality. That's part of why I'm cutting this. We, I think for many of us, we understand that it implies specif- uh, specificity and an upgrade in dedication and devotion. I think for some of us, we associate it to being mindful more often. But intentionality is way more than that. It's knowing what true commitment is all about and seeing the, the covenant in that commitment. Are we willing to hold on to a particular goal or outcome or desire at all costs? So we'll, you know, we, we say we live on purpose or we want to, but I don't think we really break it out how we're going to get there. We live in a day and an age where the bottom line is the most important and the, and the bottom line is more important than even how we get there. So intentionality is like this bottom line term more than the road and the journey uh, getting there. So I really want to flip this conversation on its head a little bit and really reframe how we view intentionality. And we're going to use the word, of course, our, our ultimate tool, our sword to help uh, define it. But um, just an example for me, because sometimes the best examples are the ones right under your nose. I am going to try and read the whole Bible in the next three months, which is pretty ambitious. Um, I've done the the, uh, whole Bible in a year program, and that was intense in of itself. I didn't quite meet it in time. I a year and a half to get there, just being honest. Um, But I'm really going to try and uh, read the Bible between now and the end of March, leading up to whenever Easter is. Uh, And if I miss the mark, then I'm confident that I'll be able to get at least half a year, which is still a great outcome. Uh, So yeah, there, one of the reasons why I'm excited about this is because the goal stemmed from a place of community. And that's one of the the points I want to talk about intentionality not only requires commitment, but accountability. And where's that accountability coming from? I suggest that there's a relational, a communal component that must be integrated into our intentionality. It doesn't always have to be, uh, an actual person in your life. Um, it can just be between you and God, but still there's still a relational element between you and God. There's still a communal component that's keeping intentionality from being this, individual effort. Again, I think we inadvertently contain it in individual striving. That's not what intentionality is about. That's the opposite side to it. Um, And when we integrate the relational and accountability components in, uh, this ultimately helps us keep our why in mind. It keeps the goal in front of us instead of drifting to the side where it's more of a periphery thing. I think a lot of us are passionate about the why. All right, so back to my goal of reading the Bible in three years. Um, 
this was something like I knew heading into this year that I needed structure. I needed some kind of boundary and also kind of a roadmap to kind of contain my Bible reading. So it wasn't just random, spontaneous. I think sometimes for me, uh, me being in the word is it's all conviction based. Like those people are like, Hey, have you spent time with me? Have you spent time with me? And I'm like, Oh, you know what? I need to do that. And it's reactionary. And I think that the way culture coats intentionality, it's this reactionary term is not supposed to be that way. Listen, I feel really strongly and convicted in our own lives that a lot of what we did, while a lot of it was, was good and slash great in 2018, a lot of it was, um, reactionary. I mean, that's just the best word for it. Um, we were, we just felt prompted and kind of pushed into the place that we're supposed to go rather than kind of scoping out and, and plotting. We plotted out in shallow terms, but we didn't really, um, I mean, ultimately it, we just felt God's push the whole year. And there's times for that. That's not a bad thing. Um, but just seeking the Lord and, you know, being intentional is like, all right, God, like going to him and referencing and yielding to him. Um, that's where culture is not going to understand that side of intentionality. There's a referencing and a yieldedness, uh, surrender to Christ. Much of the intentionality that's referenced in the word, it centers and pivots off of God's anointings and appointings. Real quick before I forget, um, got a little bit ahead of myself there. Uh, going back to the, the Bible plan, uh, what triggered this specific plan was um, being in relationship with one of my peers. He's on staff at my local church, and I noticed he was going to do this as well. So there was uh, accountability that was etched into the goal that was set, the resolution that was set. And so now there's this, that established accountability that was a bonus. We didn't go, we didn't have the idea together necessarily, but we kind of uh, converged on it. Now we could have conversation and dialogue and be able to exchange, interact, and all of a sudden this resolution, this goal is something that can be engaged uh, cross-communally. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Of course, you still want us to be like, all right, God, I don't want to just assume that this is from you just because someone else is doing it. That's also important, and I'm going to get to that later. We still need to reference the Lord first and foremost when it, when it comes to being intentional about anything. Um, but I just wanted to mention that part before I forgot. All right. So much of intentionality, referencing the word, it centers on God's anointings and appointings slash appointments. Uh, so what's our part then? Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, painted very clearly, knowing his will, if I had to define it in three words. And Ephesians 5 is where we're going to camp out tonight. And this is the, at least the first half. And in Ephesians 5, part one, it's all about being imitators of Christ. In the context leading up to this particular passage, these three verses here, starting in 15, it centers on being uh, living as children of light and knowing what's worth participating slash what's not worth participating in. So let's just go to it, shall we? Let's talk about, uh, we're going to read it in both uh, the Amplify and the Message. Um, actually, you know, let's, let's read the English Standard Version first. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So that's the English Standard Version. Amplified. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, 
living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. All right, let's see if we can get to the message here. We're going to come back to the Amplified in just a moment. Uh, all right. So being imitators of Christ. The message, wake up from your sleep, is what the, uh, the chapter is entitled. I think it's interesting. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Boom. That's that's what intentionality looks like. I just feel like this particular verse in the entire word of God just really just attacks, not attacks, but really just it makes a beeline for what intentionality is. There's other references that I thought about going into. There's the Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Isaiah 61.1. You know, that's the whole spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Psalm 139, that's kind of like Jeremiah 1, 5, where you form my inward parts, you need to be together in my mother's womb. I, I fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, really, if you do a synoptic run through of the Bible and you see anointing or appointing or appoint, anoint, uh, some variation of that word, appointment, uh, a lot of times you're going to find intentionality is right there with it. But Ephesians 5 is where we are tonight. And I just love how this passage exposes how we often treat and handle intentionality as this reactionary buzzword. I can't stand buzzwords, especially in the body of Christ, because it just, it's like, it's good to have conviction resonate within you. It's good to have that light switch turn on. But when it's like, oh man, this is like trending spiritually, maybe, like, you know, I don't know how to, to frame it. It's like a mixture of, uh, ecclesiology and hipster <laughs> or bohemian, whatever you want to call it. It's like, Ooh, this looks cool. This sounds good. And, we, and you know, it's like something that sounds good. And we go after it right away. But I guess the re- what I'm trying to say is with buzzwords, it's like, it, it, to me, it just implies that you're not going after the Lord's heart first and foremost, where you're operating under the cover of intentionality, uh, where I guess you like feeling secure in what you're going after, as opposed to being confident in the fact that you're going to get there kind of lose sight of what you're going for. You're kind of just like, I'm, I'm losing weight. Look at me. It's like, well, okay, but are you believing? Are you trusting God? Like, first of all, is even in this particular pursuit? Sorry, just an example, not saying that, you know, God wouldn't promote you living a healthy lifestyle. Um, I'm just saying like, I guess that example came to mind because a lot of people are trying to lose weight and exercise and eating well. That's all good. Like there's some common sense, to our resolutions that, you know, God's like, no, you shouldn't eat healthy. <laughs> of course, he's going to be for that. But I think it's good to even ask, like, Lord, how do you want me to improve my healthy lifestyle, my life wellness habits? Uh, nothing is off limits uh, as far as going to God and just inquiring his wisdom. So, all right. 
So oftentimes there's this disconnect between what is good for us and what we want to be good for us. Our efforts will be shallow if our convictions are shallow. Our efforts will also be shallow if we're not truly desiring the outcome, the sacrifice required to get to that outcome. And if, and or if there are any doubts that we could get there, life will cooperate and miss the pursuit. I think we that's a big one for us. We want things to kind of yield to us while we're being intentional so that we can get there. And it's often the other way around. Sometimes we'll, that's when the heat's cranked up and we encounter new strongholds and uh, attacks of the enemy, challenges that weren't there before, hurdles that weren't there before. It's like they are triggered <laughs> when we decide to level up in some way. But this is the big part of attention now at the courts, referencing the Lord and knowing if God is in it and just seeking his heart and then his will. Uh, understanding, knowing the will. Um, I, I want to go back to the amplified version here because there's this one part that really, uh, well, a lot of parts script me about this. Um, so verse 16, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. Interesting to note in verse 16, the Greek word in this verse means to buy up at the marketplace. Opportunity here is regarded as a commodity to be used by believers. Commodity, as I'm sure most of you know, it's a useful or valuable thing, such as water or time. It's an essential of life. So, um, so yeah, the word is really clear. Intentionality is not something that is optional. It's something that is required. Now, when it comes to the essentials of life, you know, sometimes we, we take for granted one way or another, we assume like, all right, this is just something that we need to do. But I encourage you guys to really go after your, to, to have goals, outcomes, and resolutions, but to reference the Lord in all of it and not to rely on your own understanding to, to pull Proverbs 3 into this. We must not only receive the answer and the authorization from the Lord, but inquire of him on how to integrate those answers and authorizations into the priorities and commitments he's already established for us. This is another key point I want you to star as you listen to this. It's not just, you know, sometimes we seek a yes or a no um, and we're good to go is, is our approach to reverencing yielding to God. We're, we're cool with getting the one word answer or just the, the, the topical answer and we don't really walk with God through the resolution, through the goal setting, through the the achieving of a particular outcome that he says yes to. Um, wh wherever you are, whoever you are, you already have priorities and commitments that are already established. Um, in the realm of grace, there's a natural rhythm embedded in the natural order of these priorities and commitments. Um, you know, for me as a dad and my wife as a mom, it's like, we, it's okay to pray, seek the Lord, be like, all right, he wants us to go after this particular thing, but he obviously doesn't want that to, con you know, come at the detriment of being a parent when we need to be a parent, like watching and watching our kids and making sure they're healthy and making sure they're safe, like protecting them when they need protection. That, you know, we're being like God, like that, that's a priority that should not be breached um, by something that pertains to say, his girl Friday or Friday freelance. Family's going to come before that for us. As much as we love ministry and counseling and pouring into people, um, you know, in this season of our life, we believe that we need to be available. <laughs> we need to be there for our kids as they develop and grow in wisdom and stature. Um, so 
I just want to encourage you to not only seek the Lord for that first answer, but to keep drilling down and seeking. That's kind of what David did when you look at Samuel. I know I'm kind of being very general here, but one thing I love about David's uh, heart after God, a man after God's own heart, as he's known for, um, when you look at, I'm thinking about, I think I'm thinking of Second Samuel 5, when I believe he goes to battle against the Philistines twice in that passage, Second Samuel 5, and he gets a word on how to attack them the first time, but then David doesn't assume that the same tactic would work the second go around. God gives him a completely different uh, method, a, a different tactic. And I love, part of the reason why I love this verse is because it, you're getting into a whole different topic of what's the difference between strategy and tactics. And uh, there, that, that's another component to intentionality that we could talk about later. If I do a part two, I might integrate that in, but just but to have that heart of David that just, you know what, didn't wasn't content to seeking the Lord the first time, but kept seeking the Lord again and again and knowing that, you know, who am I to assume that the same thing is going to apply here? Like, God may have a very a different idea in mind, and that's just how it is. So I'm right at the 20-minute mark, so just, you know, hopefully this makes sense that intentionality just needs to be this deep communal concept, more than a concept. This is reality. Um, I think we keep it in conceptual terms and it just needs to be something that we, we look at intentionality, the lens of walking with God, not just living on purpose. Cause we can put that stamp on a lot of things like I'm living on purpose. Look at me and we flex our spiritual muscle. That's not what intention is not about by itself. You can't just put it in a vacuum and being like, I'm intentional. Look at me. I am doing this new thing. And we get lost on the quantitative progress and the metrics of the of the word. But seeing it as part of appropriating our goals uh, to the will of God, that's what intentionality is. It's keeping the goal in front of us by letting God go ahead of us. Being imitators of Christ. Living as children of light, knowing what's worth participating in, what's not worth participating in. Um, and just seeing the opportunities that God has for us, the appointments... Um, as as divine commodities. This is all really good stuff. So that was a lot. That was kind of a fire hose. Again, this was fresh. So sorry, you know, if, if you're not a fan of my style, okay. I understand that I, I'm still learning how to do this. I'm still working on the art, but you can't substitute passion. Like I am, if, if you could, if I could somehow paint my passion on this topic, I think it would, you'd have a lot of words to deal with. So um, thank you for listening. As always, we're here for you if you need anything. If, if you need help on your goal setting, on what, on just understanding what it's like to live an intentional, purposeful life, uh, if you need, if you have questions on this topic, we'll be more than happy to, to sit down with you, talk to you, however that looks, even if it's just online in an instant message type context. You know, uh, I'm excited about this new year. I really believe that God is going to take us to the next level in multiple categories in our lives. And he's going to just show us more of who he is. That's just something I'm really excited about this year. Like my reading the Bible in three months, it's not about the time frame. It's about like, you know what, as long as I exist on this earth and then in the next world in heaven and communion with him, there's just, I'm constantly going to be discovering more things about God. That's never going to stop. That's the, that's... One of the very few things that will never change. And there's a finite amount to know about me, but there's an infinite amount to know about the Lord. And, um, you know, we're just talking about one little facet of this topic. And there's infinite topics when it comes to God, right? 
So I'm excited about just getting into the deep end with you this year. And just last year was a pilot season. This is season two in a lot of ways. Um, I'm going to, my next topic that I, my next pod that I know I'm going to cut will debut in the next few weeks. And it's going to be three things I'm sorry about part two. Last year I did it. uh, My very first official pod was, you know, three things I'm sorry about going back to the year 2017. But this will be a, a, a new fresh list of things I'm sorry about going back to 2018 and this list is going to talk about uh, not so much regrets, but um, kind of like target the kind of the best of conviction, <laughs> the best convictions I had and things I'm determined to do better with God's help, uh, just breathing in me. Um, so, all right, guys, well, you are awesome. And again, we're here for you. And if there's anything we could do for you, we'd be glad to help till then. And as I always say, we'll catch you on the fry. Peace.